How much would you pay to watch Mark Zuckerberg fight Elon Musk on TV? Oh my gosh. When, I, when I saw this whole thing out uh, unfolding, I would definitely be paying for it. And I don't know why, right? Like there's this like inner human instinct of like, oh yeah, two rich billionaires fighting. I'm all down for that. There's a lot of predictions out there that Mark would absolutely mop the floor with Elon Musk, but I don't, I don't see how either of them benefit from it. Web 2.0, one person shares something, everybody can see it, but it's actually caused more division than anything, right? Like it's created these echo chambers. People believe in the earth is flat now all of a sudden again, right? Like we went backwards in a lot of areas because of social media. And it's also clinically proven to lead to depression. Welcome to another episode of Dental Rift. I'm your co-host, Gary Bird. I'm the founder of SMC National, where we help you create, convert, and close more new patients so you can grow the way that you want. My name is Sander Applegate. I am the CEO and founder of Unify. We are a software solution to help bring together all the tech sprawl that your office feels on a daily basis. That's good stuff. All right, so we got three really, really big topics today that I know people are going to love. You get the opportunity to host a panel on AI. We're going to talk about that at the DSO Leadership Summit. Also, we are going to talk about uh, Zuckerberg and Musk. They're actually scheduling a fight, and that's really interesting to me. And then there's a new study that just came out that loneliness and insomnia are linked to work with AI, are linked to work with AI systems. So it's, uh, that was actually done by a very reputable group. And so we're going to talk about that. Let's, uh, let's dive into that panel about AI. What, what, what are, what are you doing? Where is it at? And then, uh, let's, let's jump into that. I'm really interested in that. Yeah. So we have, uh, all of the imaging, so there's three main players in the imaging AI space, right? Videa Health, Overjet, and Pearl. And we've had the CEOs of all three of them agree to get onto a panel in the HR for Health uh, Leadership DSO Summit that happens every year in October. I was able to present last year on a panel. Um, it is an incredible event. They do a great job putting it together. I was actually really surprised. I kind of showed up with low expectations and the event organizers did an incredible job. So probably one of the top ones. I'm glad I get to go again and participate. So with these imaging AI CEOs, though, uh, what's interesting, though, is that they've never been on a panel. These, and I don't know if you know much about the backstory with these, but they're pretty toxic with each other. Like they're like in a brand new space where they're trying to get market share and they are pretty competitive. Well, we've tried to so we've tried the, to do a show with all of them. And we couldn't, we, we couldn't. try to get them on here or they wouldn't do a podcast. I think that has something to do with the, the fact that it's recorded forever. Right. Um, but the fact that they are willing to go to this, this event and do it live, which to me is even crazier because now you don't get any editing, or yeah. anything, but they were okay with it. Right. Um, I'm excited to see where this goes because ultimately for me as a host, my goal is not to sit there and like bash yeah. them and make them fight up on stage. Because reality is, is, I do personally see a lot of value in dental imaging AI. And the industry is like, as a whole, right, there's still the early adopters, but as a whole, as a general kind of larger population, there's still this like wait and see aspect of imaging AI, right? Like there's not this mass adoption. And so really my goal of hosting it and kind of getting them all together was that I really wanted to push the industry further to say, hey, this is here to stay. And whoever you choose of these three, it's going to greatly impact the your office and the way that you're able to treat your patient. You want to hear something crazy? 
Dental marketing agencies are dead. You got that right. They're dead. Why do I say that? Well, we don't consider ourselves a dental marketing agency. We are a growth partner. What that means is, is we help our clients not only create opportunities, but we help them convert them and close them as well. And that is what's needed in the day and age that we live because just getting new patient leads is not enough. You need somebody that's going to help you actually get these new patients into your chair and make sure that there's the right kind of patient for your office. Now, we put together a whole report that will tell you where dental marketing currently is because there's a ton of changes, tons of things are going on with the market, and we broke down what you're going to need to do to stay ahead of the industry and grow the way that you want. The link is down below. Go check it out. Everything is free. I look forward to hearing from you. Do you do you, right, so do you see a big difference between the three? Like I don't if you ask me right now what are the difference between the three, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Yeah, I've seen like if you go in and look at the nuances between like, oh my gosh, these guys have five FDA clearances and these guys have twelve, right? Like there are differences between them, how they diagnose, et cetera. But the reality of the platform is that it's so nuanced that it's not like you can get one and be like, oh, this is the wrong one, it's broken, we're not gonna do it. Right. Like all of them are going to increase the way that you take care of your patients. So the reality is, is if you were to go with any of them, you're going to be better off as an office. Like, sure, there's nuances, there's pricing nuances, right? There's technology of who they integrate with. They have partnerships with different PMSs, et cetera, just like every kind of tech out there. Um, but they but ultimately, all in all, I feel like they are very similar to each other. And I wouldn't point you in a direction one over one the other. other yeah so so that tells me that it's very early in the market because people are still navigating of what makes them unique um if they haven't positioned that yet so maybe that might be one of the topics that comes out of this is like hey if you need something more like this this is the company you should go with and if you need something more like that if you need it for hundreds of practices this one might be a better better option so that's 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 very very interesting do you have a list of questions or how are you going to moderate the panel do you kind of know yet I really like the way that we did the PMS one because the way that the way that we approached the PMS was that let's figure out a topic where all three of them can be partners in to address this topic, right? Like we talked a lot about like the, what is the future of the dental industry? What are the future of PMSs in general? What are the barriers that everyone kind of collectively faces right now? And that's the same direction that I want to go with the dental imaging AI as well is because there are barriers that collectively all three of them are having to overcome together, such as market awareness or outcome, et cetera. And so those are the things that I want to be focusing on together because I don't want it to be a cage match up on stage. Yeah. It doesn't end up benefiting anyone. Yeah, I agree with that. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Um, what do you think about, here's my question to you. How much would you pay to watch Mark Zuckerberg fight Elon Musk on TV? Oh my when, I, when I saw this whole thing out uh, unfolding, I would definitely be paying for it. And I don't know why, right? Like there's this like, inner human instinct of like oh yeah two rich billionaires fighting i'm all down for that right yeah. like i've never watched like a ufc match or anything so it's not definitely not my jam of like just watching people fight but when it's like these people that are out there that are major public figures i can guarantee i'd like watch them fight you see a lot of the uh i was i had a conversation with my wife the other day where um megan markle and her husband have been kicked out of the royal family right and so there's all these rumors or speculations that they're uh, in financial struggle to try and make money. And I'm like, if Megan Markle were to pick a fight with anybody, like you can guarantee she'd make a lot of money off of that. Yeah. 
And so we were just kind of joking how anybody can make money off of fighting. Not that either one of these need money, but it is definitely the uh, fight of the century. How much would you pay? Would you pay 200 bucks for it? I'd pay 200. I'd pay 200 bucks too. Yeah. I think this will be the biggest fight ever. I think this would be bigger than any fight, any pay-per-view event ever. I think everybody would watch it. Who wins from it though? Um, the charities, not, not the like charity. between the two fighting who wins though on the back end. Yeah. The charities would have to win on it. I don't, I don't see really any upside to, I think, I think someone opened their mouth prematurely and then they kind of backed into it. Now, you know, that Zuckerberg actually trains. He's a pretty good, uh, oh, yeah. fighter and, uh, Elon Musk doesn't train, but he's much bigger than, than Mark. So there's a lot of predictions out there that Mark would absolutely mop the floor with Elon Musk. But I don't, I don't see how either of them benefit from it. Like besides that, hey, I gave money to charity. Like it would, all the profits would go to charity. I would imagine. If it if it happens, I think it'll be very, very much of a disappointment. But the reality is, I don't think it will happen because of that disappointment. Yeah, it's easier to disappoint people in silence than it is to disappoint people in one big grand gesture. Yeah, who who would you want to see in the dental industry fight each other? That would maybe we can work something like that out. Like who would be maybe like two Gary big... Bird and Mark Costas. Oh, that would be a good one. Mark Mark trains though, man. I don't know if I'd do that. I think Mark would. I think Mark would wipe your. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't know if I, I. There would have to be like we'd have to like have like street rules or something like that. Well, I, I would want to see like two big DSO leaders fight, right? Like MB two versus like Aspen or something like that, and two like leaders from those two different companies. That would that would be that would be interesting. That would be funny. I I uh, try to think who Rick Workman fighting oh, Steve Bill. Hey, yeah, I'd watch that for sure. All right, but probably not going to happen though. So we'll have to make the dental industry a little bit bigger, a little more well known before we see that happen. All right, I want to cover this last topic. Um, I think it's it's kind of crucial because we talk about AI on here, and we usually talk about it in glowing terms and usually all good stuff. But there's recently a, a news release on June 12th that loneliness insomnia linked to work with AI systems. And here's, here's basic, it was done by the American Psychological Association. It says, employees who frequently interact with artificial intelligence systems are more likely to experience loneliness that can lead to insomnia and increased after work drinking, according to research published by the American Psychological Association. And they go into it and they list out how, how that could be but this is what they basically say. The rapid advancement in AI systems is sparking a new industrial revolution that is reshaping the workplace. And, min- and there's many benefits, but there's some uncharted dangers, including potentially damaging mental and physical impacts for employees. What are, what are your thoughts on this? Like it doesn't, number one, it doesn't surprise me. And the reason it doesn't surprise me is social media. Everybody thought Mark Zuckerberg talks about, I created Facebook to make the world a better place. So that way people could share ideas and share culture and share. There was no borders anymore, right? You don't have to get on the phone. There's no more one-to-one information. It was, it was, it was web 2.0. One person shares something, everybody can see it. But it's actually caused more division than anything, right? Like it's created these echo chambers. People believe in the earth is flat now all of a sudden again, right? Like we went backwards in a lot of areas because of social media. And it's also clinically proven to lead to depression. I don't see AI like how why that would be any different and and there's a lot of downsides to it and they're starting to really dig into this, a lot of this. What what are your thoughts on that? 
to me, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to wrap my head around because I don't right now, like especially in my world or the dental industry in general, it's not like somebody's working only with an AI. There's no other human interaction. Mm-hmm. But if that were to happen, I can definitely see that leading to depression because it's just it's severe isolation and that will do that to anybody. Right. But I think that if it was a tool in conjunction with all the other relationships and tools that are really real, I don't know why it would increase that loneliness unless it was replacing other real human relationships. I don't deny that human relationships, like real relationships are important, but it's just interesting to me though, that this study, which seems really kind of premature in general, because I don't feel like I've seen a lot of adoption, widespread adoption of AI in order for me to say, how do they get their data? (laughs) Right. But I, in, in general, I don't know. It's just hard for me to wrap my head around. Is it something that you've experienced or witnessed? No, not personally. But again, I, I, I do a, my days largely mixed to stuff like this where I'm talking to people like you, even though it's not, right. even though it's virtual. So they, what they did is they did, they took 166 engineers at a biomedical company mm-hmm. and they measured them that were all working on AI systems all day, right? Like that's their job. And, and it led to more, uh, loneliness it led to insomnia and then more drinking in the afternoon like that's what they documented then they went to 126 real estate consultants in indonesia and this is for a property management company so this is totally different half were instructed not to use ai systems for three consecutive days while the other half were told to work with ai system as as much as possible the findings for the latter, latter group were similar to the previous experiment except there was no association between the frequency of AI use and after-work alcohol consumption. Then they went and did another experiment with 214 full-time working adults in the U.S. and another 294 in Malaysia around tech companies. And they, they had similar findings there as well. So it's, there's something where you're, if you're interacting with AI all the time, it somehow leads to loneliness, which then you don't sleep as well. Then it seems to spike drinking that's that's what i'm seeing in in what i and what i'm reading when i can see loneliness leading to drinking in general yeah right to me that's the correlation not necessarily directly from ai to drinking um but i i don't know that's fascinating to me until that i haven't necessarily seen maybe i'll pay attention to my own behavior and see if the more i interact with ai if i feel more lonely well i haven't i or not. i will say lately like i was on a really good pattern i've been tracking my sleep I haven't been able to fall asleep lately. Like I'm, it's getting later and later and I don't know if it's season. I don't know if it's health. I changed my diet, maybe something like that. Those kind of things. Uh, I thought it was maybe too much caffeine consumption, um, which is, is I'm known for. So I've like cut back on that. Um, and I'm starting to wonder, like, is it because I'm on AI more that it's leading to some, there's something else going on there in my brain? Cause I, I'm interacting with AI a lot. But I'm also still right. interacting with humans a lot as well. So are you, when you're doing the interactions with AI, are you having, because like when I find myself having AI in conversations, I might go back and forth in a singular conversation, maybe three or four times, but nothing longer. Or do you find yourself having longer conversations with AI or are they still like, maybe you exchange a couple prompts here and there? Yeah, it depends. So w- sometimes I get into some really hard problems that I can't figure out. And I'm like asking a bunch of questions or asking, a, I'm trying to jailbreak the AI, right? Like, it's like, sorry, I can't mm. answer that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me ask it a different way then. And then I'm, I'm sitting- What are you asking, Gary? Well, like it, it, I'll ask it. Um, 
I'll ask it to like, I'll give you an example. I was asking about inflation and I wanted pricings from the 1990s compared to now. And it's like, oh, I'm an AI language model. I can't pull pricing. And I'm like, okay, well, how much was a gallon of milk in 1990? And it's like, oh, it was $2. And I'm like, okay, cool. And how much is milk now? It's this much now. And I'm like, great. Now make me a grocery list uh, for, for a small family. And it gives me a grocery list. And I'm like, great. Now I'll attach pricing to each of those from the 1990s. Great. Now attach pricing, right? And it's just like, it, it's, That's funny. It, you just have to like systematically work through it. That's where I find myself interacting with it and getting answers that I want. It's almost like you have to manipulate the AI to get the answers that you want sometimes. Can you imagine if you did that same thing with an adult, like a real human, like you were like, hey, go and compare this generation, like this economic to this economy, like the pricing and stuff. And they're like, sorry, I just, I don't know how to do that. Like I, I want you be like, you'd fire that person. You would, but, but also we do pick up on social cues from humans, right? So like you might, you might have a dinner and your wife might go, how was dinner tonight? And you were like, honestly, it was trash. It was like one of the worst that you've ever done before. And she's like, acts very not, you know, she doesn't respond the way that you want her to or the way you expected. So in the future, you might say that in a different way, right? You might ask, uh, pose the comment or question in a different way Interesting. because you don't want that adverse reaction, but you also want to give honest feedback still. Uh, that I, I think that we do that automatically without even thinking about it a lot of times based on people's responses. And then there's other people that you can be brutally honest with and they love it. They're like, man, thanks so much, man. This really helps me, right? So it's just like, I think we kind of calibrate for that already, with, but without um, with AI, it's a little bit different. I think that there is, I mean, I've even gotten, the more I use it, the more I realize, okay, I got to structure it differently from the beginning. And I think that you're, you're doing that right now. Like you realize, okay, I can't ask this just point blank. But the other thing that's difficult about AI is that it's constantly evolving, right? Us humans don't change a ton, right? So we, my wife asked me day, today, a week later, she asked me again, you're right, I'm going to pick up from those susceptibilities and I'm not going to do it differently because I know she has really changed. But AI from one week to another could literally be a completely different person where I might just try that same answer again and get a completely different answer. Yeah, that's interesting. And I think, I think the, the, common, uh, the common thread here that I would tie this together with is that, yes, that the human that we're interacting here isn't going to change, but the next five inter- humans that you interact with after that may respond totally different. different. So that the change that we normally deal with, that we just, we calibrate for it naturally is from person to person, we wait to see how they're going to respond. This is also, this also plays into an interesting thing I heard online where males at, um, are more physical, uh, more adverse to, um, or more likely to interact with like physical violence with one another. So males communicate different with each other because we know that there's a line that if you cross and say something like just off the handle about someone's wife or say, you know, someone's kids or someone's mom, that there's a chance that they might punch you. So we, so we, so we communicate differently where females don't communicate that way and don't think that way most of the time uh, when interacting with uh, female to female. And that there's like, that, again, that's just another binary example of like how we communicate differently with different kinds of people because of different uh, things that we just <laughs> naturally pick. Why we've ended up where we are with Zuckerberg and Musk. <laughs> yes. Way to bring it back. All right, good. We'll end it on that note. Good job, man. All right. We'll talk soon. Peace. Peace.